What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another great round of The Hop with Gabe and Steven. As always, we are sponsored by FNX Fitness. They have more than just awesome supplements and recovery formulas. From gym gear to fitness clothes, they can get you looking good and feeling good. You've got to check out their site for everything they have, including shirts, pants, hats, blender bottles, duffel bags, lifting tape, and to keep you safe from COVID, they have their own gator masks. I mean, what's better than that? Go check them out. We promise you will not be disappointed. And don't forget to use our promo code HOPOD15. That's H-O-P-O-D-1-5 at checkout for 15% off your purchase. And together, we can fuel for greatness with FNX. Yes, indeed. Round 45 of the hop is here. And uh, we're drinking El Segundo Brewing today out of El Segundo, California. Had this one on the docket for a while. Pumped about it. Uh, Before we dive into anything, I just want to get this out of the way real quick. Uh, We're recording this early in the week, and uh, we don't know what's going on in the world uh, when this episode drops. So, yes. uh, we recognize that some people may be happy and some people may be sad, uh, on Thursday and, and we're here to drink about it, but, uh, just didn't want that. I didn't want to just start drinking as if nothing was going on. Yeah. Just gloss over that. Like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, whether you're happy or sad, um, you know, we can drink about it and, uh, raise a glass with us while you listen to this. Yeah. Other than that, how's your week going? How was your Halloween, Gabriel? My Halloween was great. Uh, if you look, if you saw on Instagram, I dressed up as Vinny the Vampire. I was going around like, "Oh, what are you doing? I don't, I can't have garlic. I'll die." I was a vampire and I was Italian, and I have to say, it was a pretty good costume. I was happy with it. So I, 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 I like it. I saw it on on social media, and I thought, "Oh wow, he he really he really went for that." How was your Halloween? Uneventful. <laughs> uh, you. What, what did you actually do? <laughs> oh, nothing. I I I stayed inside, but in fairness, I would have done that. No matter what, Halloween just isn't. Halloween is a tee up to Thanksgiving. Let's be honest about it, and that means it's Thanksgiving time. So Woo! I'm pumped about that. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, and weekly reminder to follow the HO podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe to us over on YouTube. Click the bell, uh, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on right now. You can get notified the instant an episode drops so that you never miss an episode. Uh, and, most importantly, uh, you're going to want to go ahead and rate and review us over on those platforms. If you have a second, we would really appreciate it. It helps us make the show better for you, and uh, that benefits you. So you should go do that. Gabe, you ready for some news? I guess so. Beer news. Right, all right. We have to kick off with uh, some COVID-related no funness. Uh, a couple Damn breweries it. that have uh, decided to shut down their operations until the spring. 
Uh, first up, we have Revolution Brewing out of Chicago. They are closing their brew pub. Uh, their taproom space is also closed for on-site service. It has been, uh, and it does remain open for curbside pickup. Um, but they announced this on their website. Uh, they said that based on recent restrictions on indoor dining and everything we've learned while working to reopen, Revolution Brewing is making the difficult decision to close the Milwaukee Avenue Brew Pub for the winter. Uh, so that company is furloughing their employees, uh, maintaining full benefits for them, and they hope to bring everyone back in March. This comes after the company had to suspend their operations temporarily back in mid-October for a positive COVID test at the brew pub. Similarly, uh, back east in Massachusetts, Trillium Brewing Company, they also had to temporarily close one of their locations in mid-October for a positive COVID test. And now they've decided to suspend all on-site service across their locations. Um, They announced on their Instagram and they said that 2020 has been a challenging year. COVID is still a very real concern for your safety and that of our team and winter in New England is coming, and for those reasons, they have made the difficult decision to pause on-site food and draft operations until the spring. The final day of patio service in Canton and Fenway will be Sunday, November 8th. And Trillium has a ton of locations, so uh, at this point, all of their locations will be closed for on-site service. That post goes on to say that they too will be uh, keeping as much of their staff as possible, furloughing some of their on-premise staff uh, and furloughed staff will also keep all of their health insurance benefits with Trillium covering 100%. They have de- delivery available in the Metro Boston area through their Trillivery service, and they also have curbside pickup available. So uh, expect to see more of this. We'll keep reporting them as as they come in, uh, but two steps forward, one step back. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, moving right along, where one door closes, another door opens. We've got a new brewery debuting in Anaheim, California, so I can't go to it, but if Steven wants to take a trip, he can go. Radiant Beer Company is uh, the company that is opening. Uh, they are going to open for a soft launch in December, offering beers on draft with the classic outdoor seating. They'll have to-go beers and crowlers and limited cans. Um, they have a space, including a production facility, packaging center, tap room, and outdoor patio near downtown Anaheim and Disneyland. So you can go hang out with Mickey Mouse for the kids and then on your way home, grab a beer. What's better than that? Uh, the new brewery is a collaboration of several former team members from The Brewery, which is an Orange County facility. And if you listen regularly to The Hop, you'll know we featured them on round eight. Uh, managing partner Jonas Namura, director of brewing Andrew Bell, and director of marketing Cambria Griffith will be growing the brand and running the daily operations. And now that we're they're new, I think it would be cool if maybe we could get them on The Hop and uh do some radiant beer beers so hopefully we can see their selections very soon very well could happen and uh it is it takes some serious uh perseverance to open a brewery in the middle of covid so uh good on them moving on this is a fun bit of news zemergy has announced their 18th annual best beers in america survey. Uh, This is a magazine, Zemergy Magazine, and it's published by the American Homebrewers Association, or AHA, and uh, they 
essentially uh, have their membership vote on their favorite beers, best beers in America. Um, so, you know, these are home brewers voting. So theoretically, they should have some of the most distinguished and discerning beer palates in America. Two-Hearted Ale from Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan was the number one beer for the fourth year in a row, which is impressive. And you can see the top 10 list on Zemergy's website. It's pretty dope. Um, Shout out to Bell's. Two in the top five, number, and one of them is number one? Okay, Bell's. Damn. Um, so our top 10 breweries uh, on the list, Bell's, Sierra Nevada, Russian River Founders, Dogfish Head, Treehouse, Deschutes, The Alchemist, New Belgium, and Firestone Walker slash Stone tying for number 10 uh, to California breweries. So it's a dope Love list. It. They also have broken down uh, the top beer by every state, which is kind of cool to look at. Obviously, we won't go through all of that on you, but uh, I will say that Three Philosophers, the uh, Belgian ale from Brewery hey. Oma Gang, took the cake for New York, Gabe. Uh, Hell yeah. It's a great beer. And for California, we had, of course, Pliny the Elder. And then um, shout out to our home hometown, home state of Connecticut with their cool ship lager from OEC Brewing, to name a few. Ooh. So check it out on Zemergy's website if you're interested. Um, what's kind of cool if you're a home brewer is that they also provide clone recipes for many of these beers for members that want to replicate your favorite beer. So if you're a home brewer and you want to make your own Pliny the Elder, this is your chance. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, that's are you kidding? That sounds incredible. I would love to do that. <laughs> Moving right along, if you want to have beer in an igloo, guess what? You can. Um, this has to be one of the coolest things I have ever seen. Um, Stable Craft Brewery, which is a farm brewery in Waynesboro, Virginia, has brought back their widely popular igloo tents for winter outdoor dining. And yes, they are igloos um you can sit inside and have a beer have some food with your own private server which is absolutely incredible they're private they're heated uh they're available by advanced reservations that like i said come with the private server now okay i just want to mention something real quick this is what i read when i was reading all up about the story the igloos are also perfect for small corporate outings, small office and private parties, Christmas parties and special occasions. Are you kidding me? You're you you're taking your staff out from the office and you're like, I've got the perfect spot to have a business meeting and you take them to an igloo. <laughs> an igloo with beer, Gabe. That would either get somebody fired or promoted. <laughs> All right. We're here to hear Carol's marketing pitch. Welcome to the igloo. <laughs> Here, put this hat, put this winter <laughs> hat on. Can I get you guys anything? Some gloves? I just love it because this has to be the best COVID solution I've seen yeah. yet. And here's the thing. It wasn't even designed for COVID. It just happened to be like the perfect moment for them to roll these babies back out because they've had them for years. Yeah. To that end, they've been around for about three years and they've just had them and um, they are safe and fun, but they also are complying with the governor's guidelines. We want to make sure we hit that home, keep wearing your masks, stay safe, follow the guidelines, and this is doing that. But, you know, go find an igloo. Find your igloo. Don't but find your beach. Find your igloo. It's winter. Find your igloo. <laughs> and finally, this week in gross is back, ladies and gentlemen. And this week, 
The top prize goes to our good, good, good friends at Anheuser-Busch. They have unveiled their ugly sweater variety pack with winter flavors of their Bud Light Seltzer. And let me tell you, they look absolutely disgusting. We have (laughs) the apple crisp flavor, the ginger snap flavor, and the peppermint patty. Now, I don't want to beat this to a pulp. It was brought up on Weekend Update on SNL this week. I'm certainly not the first one to have caught on to this. But uh, I, 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 I like seltzer, like the non-alcoholic. I, I like seltzer, just regular seltzer. I would never yeah. drink a peppermint patty flavored seltzer, let alone a peppermint patty flavored alcoholic seltzer. It sounds horrific. I, I just like, I don't know what they were going for. Like the ugly sweater, like logo on the cans, like, okay, that's neat. That's cute. That's for, you know, our ugly sweater pack, but like ginger snap. I don't like ginger snaps by themselves so much. I kind of like them very rarely, but you, first of all, seltzer, no. Second of all, Bud Light, <laughs> uh, no. But like it's just a bad combination, and I I just don't know how to feel about it. Um, I'm gonna give it a I'm I'm gonna give it a Randy Jackson. That's a no for me, dog. I know exactly how to feel about it. Oh my god! Ew! It's a- apple crisp is Literally, the best though. flavor here, and let me be clear, it's also disgusting sounding. Like I'm not pitching the apple crisp. It sounds horrible. The new flavors are being sold in a variety pack that also includes cranberry, an existing, an already existing flavor. So they just threw that <laughs> one in. Dave, did you come up with four new flavors? Uh, I got three. I don't know. Can we just throw the cranberry in there? It's red. Works for us. <laughs> Fine. We we don't. We have a deadline to meet. We don't care. Oh, it just looks so wrong. Yikes. I'm I'm trying to warm up to alcoholic seltzer i i would say if you're gonna drink seltzer uh you know shoot for the white claw the truly maybe bud light isn't exactly the way to go with that but if you know if that's your choice go with god um and we try to be inclusive here on the hop but if if you're drinking the bud light ugly sweater i really hope you're in a desperate pinch yeah, like there's nothing else in the house and, yeah. you know, your mother-in-law said something bad to you. I Including, don't know. Including like you finished off that last bottle of creme de menthe you'd been like <laughs> hiding away. Like, Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. Let's let's head back to the West Coast. Our friends at El Segundo Brewing and Gabe has a toast for us. As I do. Short and sweet and to the point. Lift them high and drain them dry. It's the guy who says, my turn to buy. Here's to a long life and a happy one, a quick death and an easy one, a good man and an honest one, a cold pint and another one. Cheers. Cheers, mates. You kept it short. Quick and dirty. You kept it short and sweet because mine was two hours long last week. I mean, I didn't say all that, but (laughs) not, you know, we got beers to drink. El Segundo. All right, so this is the way we're going to work this. Uh, Gabe's going to cover the IPA side of things, and I'm going to cover <laughs> the weird side of things. Does that sound good? 
That sounds great to me. Um, yeah, very excited for my first beer um, because uh, shout out to craftbeerkings.com for hooking us up. Uh, found this beer on Craft Beer, beer Kings. We said we were going to do El Segundo, and I have a special connection to this beer, so I'm very excited to introduce Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Give me a hell yeah! Yes, sir. I used to be, growing up, I was a wrestling fanatic. I loved watching wrestling and Steve Austin and the violence and my parents yelling at me to turn it off. It was my jam. And I grew up and I realized, like, wow, a lot of this is uh, kind of fake. But it's still dope. And I wanted to give credit where credit is due. Steve Austin made an IPA with El Segundo, and I am pumped to drink it. Um, it is labeled as a classic American IPA. ABVs, we're looking at 6.7%. IBUs, we're looking at 667. On the SRM chart, uh, we're looking at a dark, deepish, golden, hazy color. Um uh, definitely see-through and clear. Um, seeing a lot of bubbles rise to the top. I would maybe put this at around uh, 6 to a 7-ish, depending on the chart, depending on the light um, mm-hmm. it, within that family. Um, but yeah, like I said, 6.7%, 67 IBUs, and 6 to 7 on the SRM chart. And I was born on June 7th, which is 6-7. So... This is my kind of beer. This was made for you. Oh my Apparently. god. I'm unsettled. Uh, <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy though? Like I love I love stuff like that. That's wild. Yeah, man. And I didn't even plan that. It just and happened. And dude, Beer Advocate gave it a 67 and on untapped. They only rated out of 5, but it got a 6.77. It's weird. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would have been the icing on the cake. Those are lies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Beer Advocate gave it an 88, Untapped gave it a 3.83, and uh, I am just very excited to get into it. Uh, right off the bat, uh, head retention, very nice, um, about a centimeter thick, white fluffy head on the nose. Hops are very, very clear, very, very present. It does look like it's pretty clear to look at from here. Like it doesn't seem sort of, it doesn't seem like a juicy IPA, it's, it's that classic american ipa oh, yeah. you know uh, more west coast style but like kind of yeah just looks like it's it's right in the in the sweet spot if you will yeah i you're absolutely right about that i mean it's uh made with citra hops um but and the citrus is definitely there but yeah not juicy it's it's on the the classic like hoppy multi side of things that's with the aroma i'm getting right away but i am getting that citrus um i feel like i'm getting more citrus peel than citrus but i still love that mm-hmm. a little bit of pininess just a tad it's there but the, the the first thing i got was the hoppiness um so i am going to dive right in El Segundo Brewing first and foremost is known for their IPAs we'll get all into this but they were kind of founded really to brew IPAs uh and so IPAs is sort of like at the core of what they do and what they've done since they were founded in 2011. So they have a ton of IPAs on tap at the brewery. Uh, Gabe's drinking two of them today. Uh, And this is one that's um, pretty widely produced and more widely distributed. A lot of their beers are available in California exclusively, but they're starting to expand their reach and the Steve Austin uh, IPA, the Broken Skull that Gabe's drinking is a part of that sort of expansion. 
Dude, it's available everywhere. It's crazy. Oh my god, if you go on the website, you you just it's like in almost every state. I'm not sure if it's in our favorite state, but it might be. Montana. Yeah, you know Montana. We talk about it all the time. There's a TV show about Montana now. Big Sky. I know. I know. We need to watch it. Watching nice. par- viewing party. Do we? Right off the bat, so now that I've taken a couple sips, there is some really good lacing um, along the sides. It's uh, sticking pretty well. Um, yeah, classic, classic West Coast style IPA. It's very easy to drink. There's only a little bit of carbonation. There's a little bit of bitterness towards the back end, but overall, um, I don't know if I would say it's crushable. I would say it's almost crushable. Like I think after a couple gulps, you'll need to slow down, but it's very, very simple and easy to drink. I there's something I just love West Coast IPAs. Like there's just something about the way it goes down that it's just, it's just smooth. It's not like this one isn't like very like creamy. I would say just because in the past West Coast styles I've had have been like a little creamy, but this one's smooth and it's got those flavors. I mean, the the hoppiness is very straightforward. It's very very balanced with the malt base. Um, but I'm getting you know the little bit still of that citrus peel and a little bit of the small little bit of fruitiness to it, like maybe some grapefruit, definitely orange, uh, orange peel. Um, a note from the brewery, a badass 6.7 IPA designed by Steve Austin and El Segundo Brewing Company for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hops to deliver big flavor with an easy finish now stop reading and start enjoying this and start ordering this awesome beer cheers give me a hell yeah (laughs) steve my man i i'm not gonna lie i was like i i was so what's the word i was so intrigued when i saw that he made a beer because that's you know for all you wrestling fans you would know i mean when steve austin beats the shit out of somebody he celebrates by slamming two beers together and chugging it it's normally Coors light but in this case this one's a hell of a lot better that's i think that's why i was so intrigued because i was like he normally drinks like the the not craft stuff so i don't know how this is gonna taste but i am a huge fan of this yeah it looks uh it looks very good and and like i said this is a company known for ipa so uh and they've been doing them for a long time and uh it's good to hear that they can nail an IPA. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, this this is like a style that you and I really enjoy. Yes. Just the classic, like I, I'm repeating myself, but just classic, straightforward, very, I would say, focused flavor IPA. It's just an American IPA. It's a West Coast style. It's easy to drink. Um, it'll make you feel good maybe after one or two at 6.7%. And... Um, you know, even cooler for me because it was made alongside um, someone who I used to watch beat the shit out of people on TV for my enjoyment <laughs> and right around the ring in a quad. He used to do crazy shit. But uh, Steve Austin, I'm going to give you a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Well done, sir. You know what beer style I really like as well? Uh, the Red Ale. So I'm going to drink one right now. You should do that. For your listening pleasure. Uh, I have the station number one Red Ale. Um, so like I said, I knew Gabe had a couple IPAs. I went to the brewery 
Uh, I got to go visit the spot. I'll, I'll tell you all about that. I had some beers there and they have a huge menu and they have a lot going on. And I definitely wanted to give a sort of, you know, well-rounded view of what, uh, was going on there outside of the IPA world. So, uh, I went with the red ale for my first beer. It's a 6.7% ABV as well. Just all about those sixes and sevens this episode. Dude, there's something, there's something in the air. I'm telling you. We have uh, an SRM chart look. So, you know, it's it's a red ale and, and it definitely sits between, you know, 21, 24. It's definitely that dark copper, mm. dark amber, sort of copper rust color. It's very clear. Uh, absolutely no haze at all. Um decent uh head it uh retained for a little bit and then it uh collapsed into kind of a ring around the glass sort of an off white or tan head on there uh but it's really clean in the in the glass it just looks like a clean straight up red ale um i think we've had red ales on the on the show before but uh just to clarify that the red ale is uh sort of like a europe version of an american amber um the malts are roasted which is what gives it the darker color uh, but other than that it's an amber beer it's generally sort of sweet butter scotchy in flavor if you will it sort of has that sweet malt flavor to it the hops do tend to play second fiddle uh but the darker roasted malts add sort of an earthy character than it, more than, than you would ex- uh expect with like a typical American amber, right? Because the malts are roasted for that darker color of the red ale, you get more earthiness. I love a red ale. I just think it's such a perfect blend between the sweet malt and what I associate with like hoppy goodness. It's sort of like a Marzen meeting an IPA. It's just this like coming together that I absolutely love. I feel like a red ale is something that not a lot of people order but when you're at a bar just sitting there having a drink and someone next to you orders the red ale, you kind of look at each other like, oh, hey, you like red ales too? You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to find them. Yeah, it's like when I see one, I'm like, oh my God. Like I just get so excited because it's like you see IPAs everywhere. You typically see some sort of lagers. You typically see some easy drinkings, uh, some pilsners this time of year, plenty of fest beers, margins, all that kind of stuff. You just don't see a lot of red ales, especially in California. Yeah. Yeah, so on the nose, uh, the nose is subtle. Um, I get the sort of toasted malts. I get some sweetness for sure, definitely some caramel. I do get some hoppiness off this, though, and it's interesting because, I, like I just said, the red ale typically tends to put hops sort of on the back burner, but this is a company, like I've said, that loves their hops. They love IPAs, so it'll be interesting to see how this IPA or uh, how this red ale uh you know, what, where the hops play into all that. You get some, um, some interesting notes off the nose too, as the more you put your nose to it, I do get a little bit of like chocolate. Like it's like a bitter, but sweet thing. Like it's very, very subtle, but it, but it is there. Uh, that's awesome. And some citrus as well. And the taste really follows the nose a lot. Um, what struck me at first was how, much that roasted malt character really uh, coated my mouth. It hits you up front for sure. And then it kind of tastes over. It's almost like, like uh, the bitterness in the back of your palate that you get at first is almost like burnt popcorn or something. But I mean that in a good way. It's that like yeah. dark roasted yeah. 
cereal uh, flavor. Um, biscuit, nutty, uh, and then there's some sweetness to it as well. Some sort of caramel, maybe some toffee. Um, but there is absolutely a good hoppy bite to this. And I like nice. it. Like it's, it's not like drinking like a Smittix, which is an Irish red, right? It's not like drinking that. It's mm-hmm. got more hop punch. I don't know the exact malts that are, or the, I don't know the exact hops that are in this, but I do know that I get that grassiness, the pininess, um, just a little hint of like, oh yeah, remember that flavor? Like when you drink IPAs, like it's <laughs> like a marriage yeah. of the two. Uh, it's, it's medium bodied uh, with a medium carbonation. And then it leaves the back end. It leaves you. It's kind of a, a dry finish, but it definitely has a lingering bitterness. Um, it's very pleasant. It's very drinkable. It's a great red ale. Crushable or no? Uh, I think it has a little too much flavor for me to call it crushable. When mm, I think crushable, okay. I think of a pilsner. You know, something a, a Yingling. You know, something you can drink yeah, and it's yeah, sort of yeah. like, oh yeah, that's good, easy drinker. This yeah. and this, you know, it's six point seven percent. It's not going to like blow you away, but there's too much complexity of flavor in there for me to call it crushable. There's just too much going on. Now, what I do want to say while we're on the topic of red ales, real quick, is that when I went to the brewery, the beer I chose to have while there was the Devil's Path, which is an imperial red ale, and that one is like upwards of eight percent. Like I think it's eight point five or eight point six. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> me, me is a big fan. Uh, that was like... Me, me like you. <laughs> that was like everything that's good about this plus even more alcohol content, which I, nice. I always need to say is not just me sitting on the mics going, I want to get drunk. It's me saying that higher ABV helps balance out the beer even more and just adds another layer of complexity, another layer of flavor, another layer of something to experience in drinking the beer. So that was my preference between the two, just for me. I'm not, I don't have mm-hmm. it on the mics because the next beer I'm going to, I just thought it would kill me if I did, <laughs> did that. And the next, oh yeah, yeah. You'd be, you'd be knocked out. Yeah. But that beer was delicious. This beer is delicious. Uh, and I just, um, am excited that we got to feature a red ale on the show because we haven't done one in a while. And because this is a brewery that favors IPAs, but they, they make a killer red ale, man. Man, red ales are never a bad way to go. I, I'm i a big fan. Uh, Yeah, so El Segundo Brewery. El Segundo. El Segundo, which means the second, right? I, I, I'm Italian. I, you don't, oh, you don't, don't ask Spanish. me. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it means the second. Didn't you, take Italian, didn't you take Spanish in high school? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it means the second. <laughs> okay, sure, let's go with that. I don't know what the first would be, <laughs> but all right. El Segundo, they were founded, as I mentioned before, in 2011 by home brewer Rob Croxall out of a desire to create great, fresh, local beer in the L.A. area. Um, he was apparently a longtime aerospace finance guy who left a, quote, cushy corporate job to risk it all on craft beer. My hero. And I I do have to give him a quick shout out because I read a quote from the website that said, and I'm quoting, uh, my talking about the brewery, my worst day here is better than my best day there. 
if that doesn't chill your bones to make you want to go out and fulfill your dreams, I don't know what will. Thank you, Rob. Uh, yeah, Rob was jealous, apparently, of the beer scene that he saw down in San Diego, and he wanted to build something closer to home, home being L.A. or El Segundo. It's kind of out by the airport. If you know anything about L.A., it's like LAX is over there. So is Los Angeles Aleworks and Hawthorne and SpaceX and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. go a little further more towards the water and you come on to El Segundo. So I went down there. Uh, sort of didn't even feel like I was in L.A. anymore. It was sort of it felt like I was in a beach town or something. It was like I was driving on Main Street all of a sudden. And but that's kind of cool. It was cool. Way. And like, you know, there are just tables out in the street because the restaurants can't do indoor dining right now. So the streets yep. are packed. Bars on bars on bars, tap room after tap room after tap room. House of Brews across the street, which is this like rock slash tons of beer on tap restaurant. And then across the street is El Segundo. And it's this blue house, which was where they started the brewery in this like garage. And then they turned it into the now they're doing, I think, like 400 barrels uh, a month per month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Like you said, they are big fans of the IPA. Um, They've really focused around mastering that craft. Um, they have, we'll get into this later, but they've got a bunch of, bunch of great sounding stuff. Um, and I, I can only imagine what the brewery was like. How long were you there for? I was, uh, I mean, I wasn't there very long. I was there long enough. Like, to, did you, did you get your fill is what I'm asking? Oh yeah. I mean, I was there long enough to get these beers for the show, have one watch, the end of a very strange Saints Bears game, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow, let's not even get into that. But you are correct. It was Anywho. weird. <laughs> uh, but I got you know it was this this real sense of just uh, it was first of all it was packed you know socially distant and COVID friendly and safe mm-hmm. and everything but uh, all that good filled stuff. to capacity and um, just a really good spot with a lot of good beer on tap, food trucks. That's what all the breweries are doing out here. You have to order food, that kind of thing. Um, from their website, they say that uh, hop forward beers make up an overwhelming portion of what we do, mostly because that's what we want to drink. Our beers showcase the best of what the industrious and creative growers around the world have accomplished in the past few decades. So, um, yeah, that goes back to what I was saying before about about IPAs. And like I said, this red ale is surprisingly hop present. I wouldn't call it hop forward. I would call yeah. it hop present. That's great, though, because they took, you know, they're they're known for IPAs, the hoppiness and all that fun stuff. And they took a red ale. They took and, and they gave it their signature spin on it. Yeah. Um, I also love this brewery because of the commitment that they have to freshness. And I think a lot of breweries. Mm feel this way but it takes a certain kind of brewery to work with their distributors in such a way that they are able to kind of keep tabs on where they distribute and make sure that their beer is being pulled off the shelves if it's out of date and if we've learned anything about beer being out of date is that it can not only screw up the taste but it can screw up a uh, craft beer podcast that two people are running (laughs) so uh, fresh beer is key um, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Shout out to that liquor store in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. That <laughs> yep, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that shall remain nameless for their year and a half old beer. Uh, El Segundo has a reputation for uh, bringing the freshest hoppy beer to the table as directly as they can for an experience that is as close as possible 
uh, to having it right at the brewery. So their standards are exacting. Um, the beer is very clearly dated, and uh, they pull it from the shelf if it has not sold within 90 days, which is awesome. That's, thank God. Because, but like, even jokes aside, like, even if it's, you know, off by a day, it can still mess up the taste. And then forever in your life, you'll say, oh, no, I don't like that beer because it tastes like this. It's like, well, no, the beer is good. You just had a bad one. So, yeah, I mean, we good for them. 90 day. Wow. For us, you know, we try as hard as we can. to. I mean, we feel a certain obligation because we're reviewing these beers to oh, make yeah. sure that they're as in date as possible because we wouldn't want to, you know, can you imagine if we got on the mics and we're like, Spear shit. And it's like, it's two years old. And then we just, yeah, like that we'll be throwing a brewery under the bus when they flat no out don't deserve it. But, it could be our next favorite, next favorite beer. But a lot of breweries, as much as they want to have control over, you know, this kind of thing, they just don't because they distribute it. And then it goes through a distributor to a supplier and that liquor store has it on their shelf. And if that liquor store doesn't pull it from the shelf, there's nothing they can do about it. But El Segundo sends their distributors to replace out-of-date beer at the store. So they are doing a decent job of keeping their thumb on the pulse of what's going on with their beer and making sure that it's as fresh as possible. And I am inspired by that commitment to excellence. El Segundo, strive for greatness. You'd like this brewery because everything is blue. Hell yeah. brewery's blue. The tablecloths were blue. The walls were blue. It's just blue on blue. Okay, let's. I, I I've put this off long enough, and it's not that I'm not excited. I'm just more. I'm nervous. Oh, you're nervous for the next round. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Uh oh. But let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. Second round. Um, I now am switching over to the Clear AF IPA. Um, this is a fun classic IPA coming in at six point nine percent. Um, no IBUs to speak of on the SRM chart. Now, this one is the same color as the one I had, the Steve Austin one, but it's a little bit uh, cloudier. I wouldn't say hazy necessarily, but a little bit cloudier. Um, uh, on the SRM chart, I would say between like a 7 and a 9, maybe a 10-ish. It's got that straw, yellow, golden color. Uh, Beer Advocate gave it an 89. Untapped gave it a 3.9. The note from the brewery says, Fads come and go, but a dry, hop-forward, clear West Coast IPA is timeless. With this beer brewed in collaboration with The Full Pint, we honor that timelessness by brewing an unabashedly West Coast IPA that bursts with aroma, finishes crisp, and is unapologetically clear AF. Cheers to you and the beer that never worries about hype. And then I read a fun review online that said, and I quote, pours a beautiful West Coast like a drive up through the eye through Big Sur. Hello West Coast aroma that pops at you like your girlfriend's little brother's pimples when he forgets to use his noexima pads. Noxema? Noxema. Thank you. Ew. Yeah, that's the review I read for this. So uh, we're going to ignore him, but it was just really funny to me. So here we go. Beer advocate, you have some issues to address. Can I see that again? Can you hold that up to the camera, please? It's not as clear as the last one you drank. No, it's not. It's a little cloudier. 
but it's called Clear AF. And like the description you just well, said, it's more. I'm not drinking it, but I'm calling you out, Elsa Goon. It's, it's more. This is not <laughs> Clear AF. It's more for the way they made it. I'll get into. This is Cloudy AF. All right. Well, we're going to call it the Cloudy AF then. I don't know. I didn't come <laughs> up with the name. Good head retention. Um, little bit of. I would say a lot of lacing on the sides, um, which is pretty cool to see. About a centimeter thick of a nice white pillowy head um, on the nose. Very similar to the last beer, uh, the uh, Broken Skull. You know, it's it's hop forward. It's piney, but it's got citrus notes. Um, it's a little tropical, maybe uh, some stone fruit, if you will. It's got like a like a floral fragrance to it. It's very, very subtle, but it's there. Citrus-like, for sure. Um, again, nothing too crazy, but, you know, a little bit of orange, a little bit of tropical, maybe a little grapefruit in there as well. But it, but it's still got that hoppy and biscuity smell to it. Um, so let's see what we got on the taste. We don't know for sure what hops are in the brew, but I'd be interested to know. They're not on the can, um, but no, I am uh, unfortunately unaware of the types of hops, but... Well, then we're relying on your palate, game. Oh boy, that's never a good thing. Figure it out. <laughs> Probably Mosaic, maybe Chinook. Say it, you know you want to. That nang! Or... god i hope saz is in here just so i could talk about it um the the taste follows the nose to a certain extent it's got a lot of carbonation a lot more than i thought there would be um it's not as easy to drink as the broken skull but it's not like hard to drink either um definitely tastes like a 6.9 uh you're gonna want to take your time with this it's not as smooth, but it's still representative of a West Coast IPA. Um, it, it's got some dryness to it, which is kind of complimentary, if you will. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely some citrus, more on the piney malt side of things. I feel like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of fruit tropical flavor but i mean it's there it, it's more of an accent to the beer itself um but it makes it's sense the- for a for a west coast style i mean if you know you would normally expect those citrusy juicy tropical all that kind of stuff on a more new england style yeah i yeah. mean it's more on the um on the straightforward, just another straightforward IPA side of things. Um, one really cool thing that I did want to mention was the way this beer came about. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this was a collaboration with the Full Pint, which is a craft beer website. It came when the Full Pint wanted to celebrate their 10th anniversary, so they wanted a specific beer for the occasion. And they said on their website uh, they thought of their friends at El Segundo for the idea. The owner, Rob, hit them up and said, hey, let's make a beer. Let's make it happen. Um, so like I said, it was for the 10th anniversary. Um, they wanted uh, a clean and clear West Coast IPA with dialed back bitterness. And at the time, 
the hot bill consisted of Citra, Nelson, El Dorado, and Mosaic. I believe it has changed since then. So I was right about Mosaic. I might have been right, right about Mosaic. That would have been nice. Oh. Um, but the beer was uh, put up for sale for the anniversary of the full pint. People loved it. Employees at El Segundo and everyone at El Segundo absolutely loved it. And bam, it became a big seller. And they said, we're not only just going to make it for the 10th anniversary, we're going to keep it going forward. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to add it to the list. Um, So the full pint and El Segundo can celebrate together for the clear AF. Um, two of the employees at El Segundo went over to help make the beer, and they had a big text thread of what the name of it was going to be. And one of the employees, their name is Franny, quickly wrote back, Clear AF IPA. And they thought, why not? It's perfect. <laughs> it makes sense. And here we are. All right. It's my turn. It's time. It is time. Steven has a Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> Apple crisp flavor. Yeah. No, I have the uh, Old Jetty Barley Wine, the 2019 version. I This is one of my favorite beer styles. I, I love a barley oh, wine. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited and scared, which is the way you should feel when you're about to dive into a barley wine. This is a bourbon barrel aged Woo! barley wine. And the only way to make a, bar- a barley wine better than a barley wine is to put it in a barrel. Am I right, Mike? Bubba-bubba-breen. Bang! Exclamation point! No, that's what I was saying. So it comes in at 13.2% ABV. Now, on the SRM chart, I would say we are looking at maybe a 38 or a 37. The thing is... It looks red. That's exactly the thing I was just going to say. It is not jet black. Oh, wow. It's a dark, dark, dark brown or dark copper with a reddish hue to it. And that's the thing about a barley wine. It's not going to be black. It's not a stout. I can see that over the camera. Uh, yeah. camera. Like if I can see it, that's crazy. Uh, Beer Advocate has this at a 90. Untapped has it at a 4.22. Old Jetty has been brewed before. They had a 2018 version. This is their 2019 version. I assume a 2020 version will be to come. But so this came out, you know, last year. It's been aging for a while. This is the type of beer that ages very well. Uh, It had very little head when I poured it. It's kind of a maple syrup color, I would say. Um, I'm drinking out of a Tiku glass. and But the head was, like, almost non-existent. Um, The bubbles sort of started after I poured it and just sort of a, a gold ring around the glass, but not much... Not much of a head at all. Lacing remains to be seen. Probably will be pretty good. On the nose. I'm just going to assume cherries. You are correct, sir. All right. Yeah. Sav. Dark fruit, stone fruit, plum, cherry, fig, uh, Mm. a little bit of caramel and some sweetness to it for sure. Definitely bourbon. That comes through as well. Ooh, nice. You smell this and you know it's going to be boozy. Maybe a little bit of strawberry and raspberry, some of that red fruit as well. But I keep coming back to Cabernet Sauvignon. That's what I smell when I put my nose to this, like red wine. Wow. Here we go. All right. Yeah, very dark fruit. Um, 
boozy up front. I mean, you know, you know, this is 13%. This mm. is not, this is not secretive. This is not dangerous in that sense. It's not, uh, anything like that. You know, there's a high alcohol content in there. Um, dark fruit, the cherry, the fig, all that stuff I was talking about before. Anise, I would say, um, some black licorice kind of flavor to it. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of like nutty or like pecan or anything like that, but I do get some, maybe some toffee, maybe some burnt sugar. You do get a spiciness to it. Um, I get the bourbon. I don't know that I get as much of that like vanilla and oak as I would normally off of some like barrel aged stuff. I think it's a little bit behind some of the more fruity flavors of this. Um, but, but I can just tell this is a kind of beer that's going to expand as it warms. So it's going to sit in the glass for a while because I'm not chugging it because I don't know if you've heard, but it's 13.2%. <laughs> so yeah, don't chug it because you, you'll be on the floor and I'll be doing this by myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a slow sipper. I mean, it's it's and as it uh, progresses throughout time, the sort of evolution of drinking this particular beer, it's going to warm and new flavors are going to open up. And I can tell you uh, that that's probably going to be more of that sort of sweeter side of things, more of that vanilla, more of that uh, caramel, more of that oak flavor. Um, mm. In the mouth, it is full-bodied. The carbonation is fairly gentle. doesn't need to be strong at all. Uh, it fills your mouth. It's sticky. And uh, the back end is just, just warm and boozy. Uh, but what I will say about this is that this is less hoppy than you might expect from a barley wine. Some barley wines, like Sierra Nevada's barley wine, I, would be a great example if you haven't had that. It's mm -hmm. a Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. That is almost just like a, it's almost like a triple IPA or a quad IPA. It's just, it's a very alcoholic, but still very IPA, bitter, hoppy thing. Yeah. This is more of an English sort of malt forward style. It's more sweet it's more about what happened in the barrel. It's darker. It's not so much about the hops, which is interesting. But um, who? What? Uh, this is this is going to take the cake for me. <laughs> I was I was just about to say, what's wrong with it? <laughs> yeah. But what else do I have to say? It's yeah. God darn delicious, and uh, it's I I just can't wait to spend the next hour to two hours. <laughs> slowly nursing this very well-aged yeah. beer. Uh, I mean, but that is the way to do it, not only because it's 13.2, but because it's the appreciation factor. Exactly. Um, and just to uh, to cap off El Segundo here, uh, we have to mention all of the other stuff that they have on tap. You know, if, if, Oh, yes. If what we've mentioned hasn't met your fancy, they have plenty more beers to offer. Uh, so again, obviously, as I said, uh, you can go to the brewery. You can sit down if you're in California uh, for outdoor seating. They're open on the weekends. You can also go there for uh, takeout, beer to go, curbside pickup, all that stuff. They have Pilsners. They have a, a Fest beer out right now. They have plenty of IPAs on IPAs on IPAs as well as double IPAs. They have more barrel age options as well. They have a historical IPA, which I'm intrigued by. Apparently, aged in a barrel. Uh, 
Their Mayberry IPA apparently is one of their more popular ones coming in at 7.2%, but um, definitely look out for that. I've seen that just like an advertisement like everywhere. It's like El Segundo Mayberry. Like it's just yeah. that connection. That's a current one. Almost came home with Steven, but then I saw the red <laughs> ale. Uh, they got a Doppelbach. They got some pale ales. They got a vanilla stout, which sounds really delicious. They have I'm a barrel very stout. I'm very interested in this. It's it's Casa Azul Lager. Yeah. And I keep thinking of Class Azul, the tequila, and I yeah. don't think there's a relation, but I, it still sounds interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but uh, I was seeing that too, and I thought the same thing. I'm like, do they put like... They got like a tequila or something. Is like why not? They they, they 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 put a shot of tequila reposado <laughs> in there. Like what are we doing here? Yeah, they got uh, a plenty of of beers to choose from. Something for everybody. Um, yeah, six packs, four packs, crowlers. I'm looking at 375 milliliter bottles. Uh, year barley wine. They got a smoky hollow coffee stout. Oh my god! And that vanilla stout, man. I keep looking at that. I'm like, yeah, really good. I love when vanilla finds its way into beer. Vanilla. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm, I shouldn't even bother asking, but I might as well do it just to, for the sake of the podcast. Um, out wait, of the wait, two, let me stop you right there. The barley one. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling. <laughs> you don't even um, have to ask the question. I know. I, I, know, this is going. I know. I was just like, <laughs> well, we might as well ask it. We always do. But I had a feeling. Gabe, what um, is your favorite beer? I think. They're very, very close. I, I mean, the one I'm going to choose is off is just a little like a centimeter higher than the other one. I think I am going to unbiasedly go with the Steve Austin. Give me a hell yeah. I thought not, you might say that. Yeah, but but see, here's the thing. It's not just because it is his beer. No, it's because it was a, a little more tasteful, a little more smoother. It was a little more just fun to drink. The clear AF is incredible. I really liked it, but it was it was more carbonated and more beer like, oh yeah, you need to take your time. Whereas the the broken skull just like I just shot that down. Like it was yeah. great. So I have to choose that. Uh I just want to say before we get into the fun topic that um I feel I owe a slight apology to Los Angeles. I feel like I kind of shit on West Coast beer a little bit <laughs> earlier on in the podcast because when I was so busy, I just didn't have time to visit some of these breweries. And when you go to the breweries, speaking specifically about LA Aleworks and El Segundo, which I've had the time to visit now, when you go there and you can get your hands on some of this stuff, the creativity that you find is so much more <laughs> exciting and so refreshing compared yeah. to what you're able to find even in the excellent beer stores, like some of the better beer stores around me, I still find some of the selection from California limited. But when I go there and I can see their tap list and I can have the beers on tap and get crowlers and stuff like that, that's where you start to see the creativity of Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is not lost for great beer. We've touched on two, but there are plenty of great breweries around around here, uh, more of yeah. which you'll see on the hop in the future. But um, I just want to acknowledge that my mind is expanding. And the beer always tastes better when it's coming straight from the brewery anyway, oh, as yeah. opposed to a store, like a grocery store or something. So, I mean, it, if you can, go to the brewery. If you can't, mm, order it. If you can't order it, go get it. Yeah. 
All right, let's let's hit. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this. We gotta get the hell out of here, but before we do, we love to end on a little fun topic, and this one involves beer. Uh, for all you Chicago Cubs fans, you'll enjoy this one. John Lester had a Halloween weekend. Homeboy came through with some of his friends in Chicago. Um, he spent thirty over thirty one thousand dollars on Miller Lite. Um, basically what John Lester did was he put out a couple tweets that basically said, if you want to order a Miller Lite, it's on my tab, come through, just tell him it's on John's tab. Um, John Lester is currently a free agent. Um, the team and him are unclear on if he'll resign. And so this might have been his bidding farewell to the city of Chicago and the Cubs, um, he won a World Series with them. He's beloved by all of the fans. And so he figured what better way than to, to say goodbye than to buy the town, the city, a uh, couple thousand beers. <laughs> this tab is something else. Like what's funny is it doesn't mean anything to him because he's making millions on millions on millions. But I mean, we're, we're looking at, okay, he spent – 47,000 over $47,000 between Friday and Sunday which included over $31,000 on Miller Lights and 16 grand in gratuity. John Lester tips, that's good to know. Yeah, which for the record is a 34% tip, which is the same number he wore on his uniform. So he tipped the number of his uniform, yes, which that is, is dope. correct. Uh is it bad that my first thought when I read this story was Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I kind of had the same thought because, like, I read about it through ESPN, and I was like, "Oh, the, like, this is so dope!" And I, I did have a moment of like, "Oh, well, you couldn't Miller spend oh, thirty-one okay. grand on like dogfish head." I don't know. <laughs> no, because it would have been like forty-two grand. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have mattered to him. But let's be real; those numbers would be right, a little higher right. in price. Um, but can you imagine just like walking into a bar and being like, yeah, put it on the famous guy's tab. Put it I'm on John Lester's free tab. Beer. <laughs> I would he, have no he, problem doing that. Honestly, I don't think I would bat an eyelash. I'm like, yeah, John Lester's Oh my tab. God, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, put it on LeBron's tab. He's paying tonight. Are you kidding me? I'd be doing it in a heartbeat. I would, yeah, I would be happy to do that. <laughs> he put out a couple tweets um, to everyone and he said uh, to make a reservation at it was Hopsmith Chicago Lodge Tavern Butch McGuire's shenanigans HOB and your first Miller Lite is on me just tell him to put it on hashtag John's tab so John Lester uh, baseball player pitcher extraordinaire one like I said won a World Series with the Cubs um, buying beers for the city I mean not not bad Way to give back to the city that you support. Mookie Betts, open a tab for me. Mookie! Where, where are you at? <laughs> Came through in the World Series. I didn't watch mo- I didn't watch all of it, but he did really well. I'm just saying if he opened a tab in downtown LA, I would be present. And I would even drink a Miller Lite just to say Mookie Thank Betts you. bought me a beer. You. you have to. You have to. Mookie Betts bought you a beer. Like, what other way can you Why go not? about that? Yeah, exactly. How often do you get to drink with a baseball player? We love it here on The Hop when spe- uh, when sports and beer come together in a fun topic. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much. Woo! Thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the reviews, the rates, all that stuff. Keep them coming. We love to hear from you. We look forward to 
more great rounds of drinking in the future. We have great a, a slate of great episodes coming your way. So we actually have a schedule. We 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 actually planned it out. We're not yeah, just idiots yeah. who come up with things at the last second. We we made sure we got a plan in place. So don't worry about it. So thank you for everything. <laughs> Keep it coming, and we will see you next week for round forty-six. Shout out to all the people who voted. Stay classy.